So now we're coming up on what I would like to say is probably my favorite weekend of the entire season. Championship Sunday, AFC, NFC. Um, I guess the reason why I like it more than the Super Bowl is because I know that there's going to be another game played in another two weeks afterwards. So Bengals, Chiefs, and Eagles, 49ers. So Don't forget the Pro Bowl I guess Bowl we'll talk about too. that first. Oh, nobody cares about that. <laughs> uh, I might, I might watch some. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah, what I, mean, also doing, I think what it's, I think it's throughout. Like it's a four-day span or something. So that's not bad. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I used to love the Pro Bowl when I was younger, but then like the last, I don't know, five or so years, it's like I'd rather not watch it. It's just like pulling teeth to get me to watch it. It's just two-hand touch. Yeah, that's the thing that made it, like, unwatchable, basically. Yeah. Because there was a time where they actually did hit and tackle, but I guess we don't live in that world anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Sean Taylor? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what happened to those days? Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bengals, Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be playing with a high ankle sprain which a lot of players, I mean, we've seen them get a high ankle sprain throughout the season, and it's taken them probably four to six weeks to recover, some even longer. I think I've seen, like, in the case of Irv Smith Jr., took him 10. So Patrick Mahomes has basically got one and a half legs right now, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do against Cincinnati especially after the game plan that they just came with against Buffalo with all the exotic blitz packages. I think this is going to be obviously a really good game, but mm -hmm. it'll be fun just to watch like the chess match to see what Cincinnati does defensively. Everyone's kind of writing off Kansas City. I mean, yes, this has been played like three times within the last year or something like that, but I think, I think Kansas City will win this game. I really do. I don't I see a world. I don't see a world where Kansas City wins this game. I think it's I, going, I think it's going to be tight. But what <clears> what <throat> what weapons do they have that can overcome the Bengals? Bengals have basically proven themselves as the number one team in the league. Uh, the thing that I'm most concerned about, I feel like they're pretty even on paper. I mean, obviously Cincinnati's won like three out of the last four meetings or whatever it is. Four out of the last four. I feel like they're actually a lot more even than it seems. You know, Braden, to your point about Mahomes not necessarily having all the weapons, well, he's still Patrick Mahomes. But the hard part is, I don't know if he's going to be Patrick Mahomes this game. He might just be a shell of himself with the leg injury and everything. And that's concerning for me, especially if I'm a Chiefs fan, which I'm not. But if I was a Chiefs fan, I'd be pretty concerned about his ankle. Uh, how did how did they do with Henny in there? I'm I didn't watch it, so I didn't really get. To, I I watched it with Mahomes in there. I, I surprisingly I just didn't watch it he, with Henny in there. He led them to like I don't know. I want to say it was inside the twenty, and then he got a touchdown that drive. Yeah, it was okay. a 98, 98 yard touchdown drive. Yeah, but he kind of threw a ball right to a defender and just got lucky that was dropped. Well, if you but, just get thrown in a game like that, that's bound to happen. But. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Henny's done pretty well. He's he's pretty clutch for a backup. I mean, that 
one year, I think it was 2020, where he came in against the Browns because Mahomes got hurt. And right. Andy Reid goes empty on like a fourth and five and lets Henny just put the ball in his hands. and Tyreek. Yeah, made the play yeah. win the game. That was insane. So against the Browns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he leads this touchdown drive. I mean, without that touchdown drive, so the final score was 27-20. I mean, it's very possible that the Jags win that game if Henny doesn't hold in there. But good job also, by the Chiefs. Also have 2-2 two, two at will. All right, let's move on to a like an actually good conversation. I'm not saying that the Chiefs are not contenders, but um, let's have some Aaron Rodgers uh, gossip. What do you think is going to happen to him? Well, this is going on offseason number three in a row now of playing the Aaron Rodgers. You know, where is he going to end up? Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to retire? Are the Packers going to release him? Which, no, that that's never been an option. I don't know why people think it is, but they just, you know, everybody wants something to talk about. So my speculation is he's going to stay in Green Bay. Um, I don't care what the Schefters and Rappaports say. I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. I think that's the most likely outcome. Then I think trade is the next likely outcome. Then retirement is the third and final option for him. So I wanted to ask you guys a question, and this is about contracts. So I know he got paid a buttload last offseason just to lock him in four years. I don't remember how much, but two hundred fifty million. I want to say. Yeah, yeah I think somewhere. it's fifty million a year, isn't it? Yeah, well, Something like that. either either way, I have this opinion. A lot of people may not agree with this, but as they as the average person does, goes to work every day, does their does their time, then gets paid for their time. In two weeks, a week later, or whatever, I I had this opinion that you should get paid for the work that you do, and I'm talking about not fully guaranteed contracts. I feel like every player in this league should have a contract like Aaron Jones or Taysom Hill, fully incentives. There's no yeah. guaranteed at all. I think I like that. I'm actually on that boat with you. It doesn't make any sense. Why you throw so much money away at someone like that? Like, I think the perfect example is Deshaun Watson. Right. Yeah, too many times you're seeing contracts thrown at players because it's like what you hope they can be. But a lot of times, I mean, think of how many instances. How are you actually like really paying for what the player is or what they're gonna be? No, most of the time you're paying for what they have been and rewarding mm-hmm. them. And I'm not for rewarding players for what they've done in the past. Or rewarding exactly. them for what they're going to do for me right now. And that's exactly what the Packers are doing with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I mean, say they get rid of him, which is, I mean, last year, I, I don't, I couldn't have seen it happening last year. He just got off the MVP season, so whether or not he was the MVP, you could argue that, but they didn't do that good this year, so. I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of him. Now, the rewarding factor in a contract is horrible for this reason, because now you're throwing away so much money in capital 
for your team in the year. And then potentially you got to eat all that dead cap if you trade them away. Then how much cap room are you going to have left? I think if he took the Brett Favre approach and went to the Jets, because, I mean, the Jets definitely have the money. And a quarterback, I wouldn't say a quarterback away from Super Bowl, but a quarterback <laughs> away from contending for sure. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we saw this with Russell Wilson. It's like, where's he going? Where's he going? And then last year he finally did get traded. So I think it could definitely happen. And yeah. It seems more than likely this year. More than likely. If Green Bay wants to just – I mean, they could do whatever they want. They could redraft, or they could rock with Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked pretty decent for a couple times he was in. I I understand the the cap goes up every single year because yeah. of inflation, people wanting more money, etc. Teams making more money. I mean, it's just more excuses to give away more money to people, which is fine because that's what this whole business is basically about. But you need to work for it, dude. It, otherwise, you're going to end up like Lamar Jackson, basically. Where you, where you pay, you end up getting in a situation where, like, hey, I should be paid a buttload of money, but right now I'm not proving it because I'm, I'm injured, quote-unquote. I don't really know what his situation is, but he was a former MVP, and now he's kind of falling off the edge, although he does carry his team when he is playing. Just want to throw out the cap numbers here for Aaron Rodgers. So this year, his cap number is $31 million. And if he were to be traded, his dead cap is over $40 million. So basically, the Packers would lose $8 million in cap space if they were to trade him. Mm. So... I, I mean, that's not going to paralyze them. So they go from negative $16 million over the cap to negative 24 They can still dig themselves out of that hole. But that cap number makes him an attractive option, especially for a team like the Jets. The Jets seem to have enough ways to create space for him to come. Now, the only thing here is what are we talking about for draft capital? Now, I know I think there was it their general manager or their owner or something said he'd be – happy to give up two firsts for Aaron Rodgers. I don't yeah. think you need to do that. The, the thing is, is the Packers aren't in that awful of a situation if if Rodgers like, truly doesn't want to get traded, or if he does rather want to get traded, then, you know, they Packers are kind of handcuffed. They have to deal him or else he's going to retire. But if he's just kind of not sure about what's next for him and you know, he doesn't necessarily say that he has to be traded. The Packers then can afford to be, you know, blown away with draft picks and stuff. But I don't really think that's that big of a deal if they trade him for even less than two first-round picks because the thing is, is you got Jordan Love. We don't know if he's good, but let's just say he's, like, awful. Okay, so you're picking in the top ten next year. Probably you can go up and get your next quarterback. Not that big of a deal. So I don't think there's really a way that the Packers can lose here just because, you know, if they deal Aaron Rodgers, first of all, you know, they're, they're going to be taking all the dead cap this year, I would think. I'm not entirely sure how that works. I've been trying to learn more about the cap, but they would take a significant chunk of the cap this year in terms of their dead cap. So they'd have uh, cleaner books going forward 
and that would help them to get, you know, a more solid team around a Jordan Love. So I don't think, again, there's not really a way that the Packers can lose, in my opinion, in this situation, other I, than if he retires. I kind of disagree. I I think that franchise is doomed when Rodgers leaves. No, they no, were, no. Yeah. No, it's not. I Dude, do. That, that offense is very doable, in my opinion. You could put – it's similar. I think it's similar – no. It's shaped in a way like San Francisco, but they don't utilize players like they do. They don't use the tight ends like they do. But the run mm-hmm. game, I would say, is very similar to what San Francisco runs. Well, I mean, you got your speedster with Aaron Jones, and then you got A.J. Dillon. But, yeah, but they're – I mean, Aaron Jones is getting up there in age. Yeah. He might be a cap casualty, too. I mean, he's yeah. set – his cap number right now is $20 million. You can't tell me he's going to play on $20 million this year. You got to hope play that with Watson Dillon. works out. Yeah, A.J. Dillon's yeah, I, You know, that's, that's kind of the – out of everything that we know about the Packers' offense right now, I think the biggest what if or unknown is still Christian Watson because – Last season, towards the end, he absolutely set the league on fire in terms of his touchdowns, and he was a very efficient touchdown scorer. But you look at really anybody else, else, yeah. <laughs> if you look at any other receiver, there's not really any sort of sample size like this other than Randy Moss. And are you going to tell me that Christian Watson's Randy Moss? I don't think he is. I mean, no. he could be, but it's very slim chance. So, you know, they again, he's still an unknown in my opinion. I think there's a good chance that he could continue on with his success. I just don't think he's going to be as efficient at scoring touchdowns as he was this past season. Oh, pause on that topic. You said Aaron Jones cap hit is 20 if they get rid of him? So right now his cap hit is... $20 million. If they cut him, it'll give them $10 million in cap space. But nothing's guaranteed. Oh, that's just projected well, for the next season. Well, there. so there's a signing bonus attached to it. Oh, so the, okay. So signing bonus is all guaranteed money. So mm-hmm. his signing bonus looks like it's over $10 million. I, I didn't remember him getting a signing bonus. Pretty much every player does, because then it at least guarantees them something. Something, mm-hmm. Unless if you're like going into training camp as just a camp body, and the team doesn't really have any intentions of actually keeping you. So I think that's something to watch for. Um, in terms of cap casualties, that's really all I can see. It looks like, you know, they're going to restructure David Bakhtiari, I'm assuming. Kenny Clark gets restructured. Same thing with Jair Alexander. Maybe mm-hmm. they cut Preston Smith. I doubt it, but it looks like they're if, if they trade Rodgers, they're still in a decent position in terms of their cap space, which is crazy to think that you know they'd be taking a negative cap hit from him leaving. Uh back to Christian Watson. So I I actually think Christian Watson will not be as effective with Aaron Rodgers. So what Riley what you said, I I think so if they get rid of Rodgers, 
they're not going to be the same team, or Christian Watson won't be the same player as he was, or as effective as he was, if they get a different quarterback, because it's all about the different audibles and different hand signals with them, especially in the red zone. I want to make the example when they played against the Rams, and Christian Watson just didn't understand the hand signal and missed the touchdown, wide-open touchdown. But I don't think they'll be as effective, especially if they get someone different, because who else in this league could walk out to Green Bay and know and go out there and be so confident and know every single thing about football? Just be the, a complete leader. Well, and I guess you could maybe make the case, you know, <laughs> Derek Carr. You could do a Derek okay, Carr for Aaron Rodgers swap. I, I was just – okay, that was my next thought. But I don't see Derek Carr yelling at his players. Right, but what I'm meaning is Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he's as much of a leadership figure as he once was because, like, to your point about him yelling at players, like, that doesn't really jive well in the locker room. I mean, he's he's became such a weird character. I think a change of leadership, like the Derek Carr leadership, I think that would help the Packers from that standpoint. I just feel like they're – I don't think they're going to be in a bad situation other than like, I think they could maybe, you know, if they have another bad season again this year, I think Matt LaFleur is probably gone, which might actually be okay for them. Cause it doesn't really seem like he's a leadership figure either. So again, that's where I'm saying, I don't think the Packers can lose unless Aaron Rodgers retires. Cause they're going to get draft capital. And if they suck with Jordan love, go up and grab your next guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be, we know for sure two guys next year that are probably going to be in the top 10. I Obviously, the rest is completely unknown at this point. But, you know, th- there's nothing wrong with trying to pick in the top five or 10, in my opinion. Right. You know, if you just take a step back for a year and you're most likely going to be drafting a really good player and Green Bay's still got a really solid team to go around the rest of the way and they can add on that more this year. Maybe even next year, depending on what kind of capital they would get in a Rodgers trade. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about the draft? Who's going to the Texans? What are the Bears going to do with their first round pick? I'd say Bryce Young goes to the Texans if the Bears just stay where they are, and I think the Bears will. But why? I I mean, okay, I, I get everybody understands like you can get so much capital. Off of, off of the number one pick. Yeah. But everyone that needs a quarterback is already in the first. It's eight picks. Yeah, first eight picks. And that's, that was their five, five, five decent quarterbacks, or I guess two very good quarterbacks. And five so there's probably like three that you got. You definitely want those guys like Stroud. I, I, I don't want to make names because we all have our different opinions, but. I mean, in all honesty, we know who, who the top five talents are. So Yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I want to get into this Bryce Young thing real quick. So he's listed as six foot, and I've seen all these things that are like, his offensive line makes him look small, and he's actually, he is six feet. Well, so there he does those commercials with Kyler Murray, and He's about the same size as Kyler Murray. And there's pictures of him standing next to Nick Saban, no helmet on. Nick Saban is five foot six. And Bryce Young's probably like 
two to three inches taller than Nick Saban in those pictures. So how big of a size, how big of a role will his size play into this, do you think? Nothing. I I don't think it will either. I think he's great. We we okay. We've seen we've seen Drew Brees, Russell Wilson in his prime, not not in uh, Denver, obviously. <laughs> they they are pretty accurate with the with the football. I mean, size does not matter. I mean, yeah, it, it helps. There's some limitations over your offensive line, but how often are you seeing routes over your offensive line? You're usually looking through the A, B, and C gap. Well, especially with a player like him, like he's not going to be statuesque back there in the pocket. He's going to try to, you know, do something with his feet. He's right. not going to be Tom Brady. He's, right. you know, going to move his feet a little bit more. The, the only guy I could say that uses his height to his advantage is Josh Allen because he drops back like 12 feet before he throws the ball. It's insane. Trevor Lawrence too. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, they run a lot more short passes. Yeah. Medium but routes, but I'm not yeah, just I, talking I about. Agree. I'm not just talking about when he stuck his arm over, but that definitely <laughs> that definitely helps the conversation. Yeah. I don't – so I think everybody remembers last year we had the Kenny Pickett discussion. Not on this show because this show didn't exist then. We had – everybody had the Kenny Pickett discussion. His hands are too small. And it's like Kenny Pickett dropped significantly because of that. Okay. Fine. So Jared Goff, well, actually, Jared Goff is pretty small hands too, but he's still the number one overall pick. But can you really like do this whole thing of like the arm size and you know the the hand size and how tall he is? How about we just acknowledge that he's a pretty good football player? I mean, we mm-hmm. don't need to look at all these measurables and go, well, what's gonna translate to the NFL? It's not like he's gonna be out there, you know, trying to shove off dudes most likely. He'll just be slinging the ball around. Right. So I don't I don't think that's as big of a deal with quarterbacks. And, you know, everybody's always trying to find the outlier. Oh, this guy had really good athletic testing. That's why Trayvon Walker was taken first overall last year. Everybody's trying to find the outliers in terms of the physical attributes. Right. Again, let's just stop looking at the physical attributes let's look at what they've done on the field. I think production is the most key attribute of all. I mean, you know, that's ultimately what you're going to be judged by when you're in the NFL is how productive are you? So, yeah, if you're going to look at just pure production, I think you slam Bryce Young. Uh, Will Levis, I love the guy still. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a project than I thought. Actually, more similar to Josh Allen. What's his actual projection? Because, I mean, PFF has him going, like, top five, but is he really a top five pick? Because he's a quarterback, yes. If he wasn't a quarterback, I don't know. I think that that's kind of skewing, you know, the the thoughts about him similar to Anthony Richardson. Now, we're going to have to get into all this draft stuff at some point because I've already gone through – and I've ranked a few positions so far, so I'm excited to talk about my draft rankings in terms of where I have players. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I need to go and look at the quarterbacks because really all I've watched is Will Levis up to this point and <laughs> Anthony Richardson. I mean, 
both of those guys, I've seen a pretty large sample size of them, so I kind of know what they are. But, you know, for me, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are still unknown, so I got to go dig deeper on them. But, yeah, Will Levis, I think when it's all said and done, he'll be probably, I think his ceiling is the fourth pick. I feel like there's a tier of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, then there's an empty tier. And then it's like your Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I feel like Will Levis is kind of like, so your your point about the empty tier, I've, I kind of feel like I would make a tier for Will Levis because it's like, okay, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, those are going to be the two guys. But I've seen projections where Will Levis goes first overall. So Why I'm do not those projections sure matter, though? Levis. Well, that's, that's a, the thing. I mean, it really doesn't other than – you know, there's certain people that are involved in the mocking industry, such as like a Mel Kuyper, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, guys like but that. Those don't matter. The only people that matter, or the only people that should matter, are the GMs in this league. That's the only right, people that but, matter. Or the people that are going for those, those yeah, jobs. Yeah, if you ever want to laugh, just take a look at what actually happened in the drafts and then go find some mock drafts from those. Well, well isn't, it's that why, more... isn't that why Questy got. Uh, um, hired because his mock drafts are pretty similar to what got picked. I'm not sure. I don't know. But my my point is is these guys like the Mel Kuypers, Daniel Jeremiah's, um, Todd McShay, they talk to the general managers, they talk to the scouts and guys like that. So they get a perception of where certain players are going to get drafted. It's not to say that they're going to go in those spots for sure. But, you know, let's say there's a range of outcomes like player X gets taken pick 16 through 20 because these teams all like him. And then so when you see a mock draft and a player maybe gets taken at 15, there's a good chance they'll go around 15. Not necessarily that they'll go at that exact spot, but mm. it's just kind of like there's they get a, a general idea of where they're yeah. going to go. I think the LMS surprise also falls into that factor too, because yeah, I don't think the Bears were expecting to pick up Justin Fields. It kind of just happened and fell into their laps. They're like, "Oh, here's Justin Fields." Well, they we still had to trade up for him, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they like nobody expected them really to take a quarterback. I mean, Davis Mills was getting mocked to them in the first round that year. <laughs> Good thing that didn't happen. But you know, there's always somebody like. I heard this, uh, it was on a PFF podcast a couple of years ago when um, they were talking about Davis Mills because somebody had projected him to go to the Bears. And they said a lot of times what happens is they'll get somebody within the organization. It could even be the guy that takes out the garbage at the, at the training facility, says, mm-hmm. hey, I like Davis Mills. So then all of a sudden they blow it up. Oh, Davis Mills is going to the Bears because somebody there likes him. Mm-hmm. But that's what I like about all <laughs> the this. Guy up the trash. <laughs> yeah, it's it's stupid stuff like that. Like everybody overreacts to it. But that's why I love the mock season, and I can't wait for the Super Bowl to be over so then we can talk more about this because we're gonna do deep dives into the draft, deep dives into free agency. We might have to do a mock draft on the show at some point. I think that yeah, be fun. we will. Yeah. That's it for us for now. You'll have to come back and check us out if you like what you see. So thanks for checking us out here today and we will see you next time.